0: Good morning. Welcome to church. We're so glad you're here today. My name is Pastor Tim. And I'm Pastor Harriet. Welcome to church. We're so glad you're here today. Hey, if this is your first time coming to be with us online, we would love to hear from you. On the screen, there's a phone number there, 1910 1123 Just type in the blank there, welcome. That'll let us know you came to be with us. We're so glad you're here. You ready for church today? I'm ready for church. Let's do it hello and good morning church family i wish so bad i could see you i'm in our gymnasium and our auditorium and there's five people in here i do have a small cheering section over here they're ready to give an amen let me hear an amen on my cheering section yeah that's weak but that's the best i have i wish i could hear you usually when we start a service i come out and i say good morning everybody and then Everybody so kindly claps or says, good morning, Pastor Tim. So here's what I want to do. Since I can't see you, um, let's all together say, good morning, Pastor Tim. And somehow when we say it all together, I'm just going to believe those vibrations are going to make it all the way back to me. So on the count of three, let's all say, hello, Pastor Tim. Are you ready? One, two, three, Hello, Pastor Tim. Well, all right, that kind of worked. I think I could feel it. Awesome, awesome. Hey, I want to let you know I'm so excited about next Sunday. Let me tell you what's going on next Sunday. We are going to open our church for the first time in a long time for in-person services. So we're going to have one service next week, and I want to tell you a little bit about it, in-person service. And it's just important that we kind of catch some of these details. Uh, We're going to have a very slow opening. It's going to be a first phase. We're not going to have a lot of people in the building. We're only going to have a limited amount of seating. We're going to have social distancing everywhere. Uh, We will not have children's ministries. We will not have coffee. Uh, That probably is going to run a few of you off. Um, But we won't have all our greeters and all that going on. We're simply going to have a church service that has worship, that has prayer, And that has uh, preaching and so that's going to happen we're going to begin phasing out over a period of weeks growing until we can finally have everybody back at one time in our building now i want to emphasize this because it's really important we are going to continue to make our main thrust of ministry through our online ministry and so That way no one gets left behind, no one gets left out, and we're all going to be moving forward together. Uh, The service that we do in person is going to be the same service that's going to be online. The same sermon, the same worship, it's going to be the exact same service. Some of us are just going to be gathered in person, some of us are going to be gathered online, but we're one church, we're moving together. And so we just want to begin taking some small steps moving forward. And so next Sunday, we'll have limited seating uh, capacity for that service. If you want to be a part of that service, uh, you're going to have to register. Uh, You're going to have to go to our website. Or I'm going to send you an email Monday, and from that email, you'll be able to click a button. It'll take you to registration because we have to have exact limited numbers as we move forward. So we're going to give it a step. We're going to worship together. We're going to pray together. We're going to preach together. We're going to do it in person and online. No one gets left behind. It's going to be a great move forward. And so I'm looking forward to that. I'll have a few more people to amen me except for these two guys sitting over here to my left. So... Amen, church. Amen. Can I get an amen at home? It's going to be great. All right. I want to get to my message today. I feel like this message is going to have a great um, relevance to your life, great impact. Uh, we're studying through the book of Philippians together. And our sermon series is called When Life Gives You Lemons. And so obviously all of us have been going through a lot lately. We've all had something in the last 30, 60 days that has created some struggles in our life, some difficulties in our life. So in some shape, form, or fashion, life has given all of us a lemon. And so through the book of Philippians, we're learning how to process through that, how to have joy through these difficulties. Today we're going to be back in Philippians chapter 1. I'm going to start at verse 12, and my sermon title comes right out of verse 12. And so let me read this to you, and then I'll tell you about my title and why. So Philippians chapter 1, verse 12 says, Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that... What has happened to me? What has happened to me? That's my sermon title, what has happened to me? If you've run into anyone recently and you asked them how they're doing with the coronavirus, they might say, well, let me tell you what has happened to me. And so let me just tell you what has happened to me during the coronavirus. And my situation, not near as bad as others, but we've all had some lemons handed to us. Uh, The first biggest thing for me is the amazing church I pastor We had to shut the doors on our in-person services, and it completely disrupted everything we do in ministry. And we had to completely overhaul what we do, how we do it. And honestly, it put a load of stress and pressure on our team to figure out how to go online. Uh, We've done a great job. Our team's been amazing, and I love their hearts as we've stepped into it. Uh, But we felt the pressure of that. Uh, As a pastor, honestly, probably the the greatest weight of of all of it has been knowing what so many people in our church body have been going through. And I have a shepherd's heart, I have a pastor's heart. And so I feel that weight and at times through some of the intensity of our efforts to bring online ministry and the weight of some of the friends that I have that are going through so much. I've had some moments where I've had emotional exhaustion along the way. And I've needed a series like this to help me to process and help me to have the right attitude going through it. So also what's happened to me, my CrossFit gym closed down, Uh, that's uh, like been terrible for me because my personality, I need really strong accountability when it comes to working out. Without the gym, without a team of people there cheering for me and pushing me, I just don't do it. And so I've been eight or nine weeks without hardly any workouts. Honestly, I feel like I've aged about five years in two months. And so, so that's happened to me. What else happened to me? Uh, my restaurants, I want to go eat out. Can't do that. That's just an inconvenience. So that's my story. But what about your story? What is going on in your life? What, what, is, what is happening to you? I know my story really isn't so bad compared to what many people are going through. I have friends who have lost their jobs. I have friends who have had to temporarily close their business and struggling maybe will they be able to reopen. I know many people have been isolated from their friends and family and they feel that loneliness. I know some who have had friends and family who have uh, c- come down with the virus and, and have, have dealt with that and so there's a lot going on and you have a story of what has happened to you. When we're in places like this where there's a lot happening to us sometimes we begin to ask questions maybe something like God why has this happened to me that's a question that we tend to ask in the middle of crisis sometimes we ask a question like can anything good come out of what's happening to me Well, the Apostle Paul begins to answer this question, these questions for us in Philippians chapter 112. So let's go back to this text and let's see how Paul can help us process through when life gives us lemons and what has happened to me. So Paul said this in verse verse 12. He said, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. God can take... Our pain and use it for his purpose. I want to acknowledge that all of us are going through things. All of us have things that are happening to us. In some way we've all had lemons given to us. My goal for this message today, just to tell you right up front, my goal is to help you get a perspective or a bigger picture of what God can do through you, through your difficult circumstances. I think that when we can see that God is gonna work through that to even further his kingdom, that's what Paul said, that, that this served to advance the gospel. When we get a bigger picture of what God can do, I think it will give us hope in the middle of these circumstances. The Apostle Paul, he was a champion at going through difficult circumstances. He actually wrote in the book of Philippians about joy and rejoicing. He used the word joy and rejoicing 16 different times during these four chapters. And so he had joy, not only hope, but he was smiling, he was praising God, he was encouraging others as he was going through his trials and circumstances. I was thinking that joy probably serves as some sort of a gauge or a barometer on how well we are processing through our difficulties. Paul had great joy, he said he rejoiced. I know in my life there have been moments where my barometer has been low joy, maybe no joy, probably not processing well. Sometimes I've had some joy and there's moments that I've really had a great time and I feel the joy of the Lord, not from circumstances, but something from inside, that strength inside. And so Paul had a barometer that was high in joy probably indicating that he was processing through this really well. How are you processing through? Where's your joy level coming through this? I think Paul's perspective on how God used his circumstances to advance the gospel actually was the catalyst for him to have great joy. And so if you're taking notes today, which I recommend, write this one thought down as we get, as we get started today. Uh, write this down, number one, we can know that God will shine through our struggles. God will shine through, through our struggles. If you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you are a follower of Christ, you can be assured that God is gonna get you through it. You can be assured that he's gonna strengthen you, he's gonna empower you, and he's gonna give you everything you need to get through these difficult circumstances. But you can also know this, that God wants to use that circumstance as you're going through it for his light to shine through you, for you to shine for Jesus through these circumstances. We can know that God wants to shine through our struggles through it. And that's why Paul wrote this. He said, here's what happened to me. Here's what happened to me. Now, I thought it interesting that Paul just wrote, here's what happened to me. And then he went and told the result. There's like a a whole lot of information that wasn't given between here's what happened to me, and here is the result. It's kind of like, here's what happened to me, and yada, 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 and then everybody got saved. Awesome. I was kind of curious about the yada, yada, yada part. Like, what happened in the middle of all that? Like, he said, what happened to me? And then he went on that, you know, people were getting saved and their lives were getting changed. And so I want to just back us up and get the backstory for just a minute so we can understand what happened to Paul. And so we find his story in the book of Acts chapter 21. And by the way, the book of Acts, the last half of that, is really the story of Paul and his missionary journeys. And one of those journeys was to Philippi. And one of these journeys we hear about what happened to Paul when he wrote this to the church in Philippi. So in Acts 21, it tells us that Paul was seized by an angry mob of Jews. And they were really upset with Paul because he was preaching that righteousness came through Jesus Christ and him alone, not through the Jewish law and obeying the law. And in their culture in that time, that was extreme blasphemy and qualified them to actually kill Paul. So this mob seized Paul. They drug him outside the city. They literally began to beat him to death. Fortunately, there were some Roman soldiers that were there. They stopped them from killing Paul, but they arrested Paul because they had heard the accusations that Paul had broken some law. So Paul ended up being put in jail, falsely accused, and he was not tried uh, to find out whether he was guilty or innocent. Paul ended up sitting in jail for four years. Four years, say four years. Can you imagine four years of his life for doing nothing wrong? In jail, four years. The the, um, local governors that were there, they couldn't make a decision. And so Paul, after four years, made an appeal to Caesar. He said, send me to Caesar and let him decide my fate. Let him decide whether I'm innocent or guilty. So they put Paul on a ship and they sent him to Rome. And so Paul arrived in Rome and we see in Acts 28 where Paul arrived. And it says, when we got to Rome, verse 16, Paul was allowed to live by himself with a soldier to guard him. So Paul was placed under house arrest. Now Paul hadn't been proven guilty yet, so they didn't put him in a prison. They put him in a house and he was guarded by a guard. He was, had a soldier that was guarding him 24-7. So when Paul was at the house, he was allowed to have visitors. So people would come and go. He would tell people that come visit him about Christ And so he continued to preach and write and and kind of do life from that house, but he wasn't allowed to leave there and he had to be chained to a Roman soldier. The Bible says in verse 20 of Acts 28, it says, for this reason, and Paul's explaining some of this to people that he's talking to. He said, for this reason, I have asked to see you and talk to you. And it's because of the hope of Israel, he said, I'm bound in this chain or with this chain. So Paul is telling the church in Philippi in this letter that we're reading in Philippians, he, he said to them, here's what happened to me. Well, they knew the backstory. That's why he just skipped it and went right into the result. Well, we don't always know the backstory, but they knew what had happened to Paul. They knew that a mob had nearly beat Paul to death. They knew that Paul had been falsely accused and arrested. They knew Paul sat in jail for four years before being sent to Rome. They knew Paul was being guarded by a guard and chained to a guard. They knew all this. They knew Paul's missionary ministry was suddenly brought to a halt. But what we find in Paul as he's writing to the church here in Philippi, we find that he has great joy in the middle of that. I'm like, really? What would be my response through all this? He had great joy. Look what he says in Philippians 1.18 as he's talking to them. He says... And he's, and he's actually what he's doing here, just to let, you, to let you know, he is talking about what's most important and what really matters in his life. And he says, what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, because of what? Because Christ is preached, because the kingdom is advancing, Paul says, because of this, I rejoice. Yes, I will continue to rejoice. Paul's saying, what really doesn't matter as much to him is what's happening to him. But what really matters the most to Paul is what's happening through him. And he says that as long as people are meeting Christ, that it brings him joy. And so for just a moment, can I just pause like from preaching and just bring this to a personal note for us just to a personal way to process this, not as a a way of conviction, but just as a a way of, of just personalization. And let me ask you, when life gives you a lemon, when life doesn't go your way, what does that do to your joy? Like when things don't go your way, what is your attitude? We see in Paul, his attitude was joy because he knew what mattered most. When life has been completely disrupted for you, when, when your life has been completely disrupted by a virus and everything has shut down on you, what does that do to your joy? What does that do in your, to your outlook and, and the way you, you're doing life and the things that you say? Paul was betrayed. Paul was falsely accused. Paul was denied his rights. He was He was denied his right to freedom, yet in the middle of it, he had great joy. I don't know if you've ever been betrayed. What was your response? Were you like Paul, finding the good in that? Currently, we're being denied some of our rights. Some of us, some of you need a haircut really bad. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I mean, our rights, I mean, we can't go do the things. We can't go sit at a restaurant. We feel like some of our rights have been taken away from us. But in the middle of that, Paul had joy. I guess the question to personalize it is, do you have joy in the middle of this? That's the barometer. Maybe that's the measuring stick about how well we are working through this. Paul said, this is what's happened to me. But the gospel advanced and he said, and this gives me joy. Man, I would like to be like that more and more. Paul is saying that as long as people are coming to Christ through my circumstances, then I'll have joy. Philippians 1.12, again, he said, what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. I think he wrote this to the church in Philippi because I think he wanted them to not worry about him while he was in chains. I, I think he wanted them to, to understand that he was okay because there's a good chance that they were worried about him. There were a good chance that they were thinking, well, Paul might be very discouraged at this point. They may have been assuming that Paul was a little depressed coming through this. They may have thought that Paul was feeling like a victim coming out of this, or maybe they thought he was unhappy. And, and so Paul is writing them saying, let me tell you exactly what has happened to me and then how I am and the result of that. I think that they thought that Paul was going through a really bad time. But Paul said, listen, with God, what looks like is a bad time, God can use it for his good. He can make good out of that. He turned what was really bad into something really good. I really want to be more like Paul like that. I listen, between me and however many people are watching today, I I know that there are times that I don't process when I'm going through a difficult time to understand that through it all, God can use me through my circumstances to advance his gospel. But I want to be more like Paul. How many of you want to be more like Paul? Just... Raise your hand. Raise your hand over here. Thank you, both of you. Camera people, you want to be more like Paul? Absolutely. That's so good. You know, I was thinking about this, though, in kind of light of our church for just a moment, just to sidetrack for just a moment, because, you know, often when we think something really bad is going on and God can use it for his good in some way, and I was thinking about our church because when we first shut the doors to our church in response to the coronavirus, Uh, Honestly, had some thoughts like, oh, this could be kind of bad for us. Uh, People could get disconnected. Uh, I was concerned about different aspects of, of, you know, finances and everything like that. But let me tell you, our church has been amazing. You guys have just stayed so connected and, and been so generous. It's been great. But a lot of people thought that this season would be hard on the church and somehow the church would would kind of close this door and stop. And let me tell you, God has continued to advance his gospel now more than any other time of history because all the churches put everything online and now videos are going around the world. There are more people watching the gospel messages of Christ than any other time in history. And even in our church, we have four times more people watching a service on a Sunday than we had in any of the previous months before. I like to say it like this. The devil always loses and God always wins. Can I get an amen out of that? You know that. The devil always loses and God always wins. So when you're going through a tight spot, you need to know that God always shines through our struggles and he always wins. Amen to that. Come on, church, give me an amen at home. All right, my second thought for you today for taking notes. People will meet Christ through our crisis. People will meet Christ through our crisis. Philippians chapter 1, 13. Paul says, As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. As a result, he said, it has become clear. As a result of Paul's chains, the whole palace guard and everyone else has heard about Christ. As a result of his chains... Everyone has heard about Christ. People will meet Christ through our crisis. And this could be my story and your story as well. Because our difficulties give us opportunities to have a place to shine for Jesus through it. People are paying attention during our difficulties, our difficulties give us a platform for our testimonies. When we go through difficulties, people are watching. What you're going through, there are some people watching the way you go through it. And Paul said that as a result of his struggle, many people have heard about Christ. And that needs to be our perspective, that as we go through our struggles, as a result of that struggle, people are hearing about Christ. People are seeing how we're living it out. And they're they're like saying, I want to hear about what's given you strength. Maybe you've lost your job. Maybe right now you say, well, I've lost my job right now. But then you would say, but as a result, people have watched how I've trusted God through this season and they've seen the strength of God in me. That as a result is huge. You have to add that to your difficulty. If you just leave it parked, this is my difficulty. If it's just, this is what happened to me and you park there, you're going to get really depressed. But if you go, this is what happened to me, but as a result, God got glory out of this. So maybe, maybe it's like, well, I've been sick, but as a result, the doctor saw me continue to have faith in God to strengthen me through this and heal me. Maybe you're a, a graduate, high school graduate or a college graduate, and you didn't get to have a ceremony. And so you might say, well, my difficulty is, is I didn't get to celebrate all that I worked for. And if you parked there, it'd be depressing. But if you added to it, as a result, people heard me, my friends heard me talk about that God has purpose for my life and that God has promise for my life. And regardless of what happened in my ceremony, I get to move forward with all that God has in my life. That becomes a testimony. People are watching how you process. Maybe you're going through a divorce in your life. And if you just, if your story is this, well, I've had a divorce. This is what happened to me. And you're going to get depressed and other people aren't going to see anything out of it. But if you said something like, well, I've been through a divorce, but as a result, my friends saw Jesus heal my heart through it and people came to know Christ through it. You know, I don't know what you're going through. This may be a really difficult season of your life. And if it is, I understand but I want to challenge you to add as a result to your challenge. I want to challenge you to not stay in this is what happened to me, but I want you to add as a result. On your screen, you're going to see there's a blank, and it says, as a result, God. Put in that blank your challenge. Put in that blank what happened to me. Maybe you'd write, I lost my job. My business closed down. I've been very lonely. You you write in the blank something that's happened to you, but then as a result... God, and then you can let God begin to define what's going to happen next. How can He use this in your life? Watch what God can do when you let Him shine through your difficulties. I believe God wants to use your challenge to demonstrate Christ's power through you so other people can be an impacted for the kingdom. Let me take us back to Paul for just another moment because Paul was chained. He was chained to one of Caesar's palace guards, the Bible said. So Paul was arrested, as we noted earlier. He was allowed to stay in his home. But he had to be chained to a palace guard 24 hours a day. What I understand is the chain was attached to Paul and it was attached to a palace guard for 24 hours a day. The chain was somewhere around six feet long, so I guess they allowed him to social distance. Six-foot chain, and he was chained to him 24 hours a day. Now, this wasn't just the -the run-of-the-mill soldiers either. These were the palace guards, and the palace guards were those that had special training. They were the elite group of soldiers that protected Caesar. They protected the palace, and they protected his family. And because Paul wasn't arrested, they used the palace guards to be chained to Paul. Paul was chained to them 24-7. Now, part of that had to be a little bit humiliating for Paul. Think about Paul's daily life. He, he had to eat while chained to a palace guard. He slept chained to a palace guard. He, you know, he did other stuff. You know what I mean. I'll leave it there. Chained to a palace guard. But not only that, listen how cool this is. While Paul was praying, he was chained to a palace guard. While Paul was reading his scripture, he was chained to a palace guard. When people came to visit and Paul began to share about Christ, he was chained to a palace guard. Understanding these guards were unbelievers and what they were doing is they were watching how Paul conducted his life 24 hours a day. They watched how he lived out his time as a prisoner. They watched him praise God. They watched him worship. They watched him have joy 24 hours a day. They saw Paul publicly and privately. They knew the real Paul. I propose this to you that Paul wasn't chained to the palace guards. God had the palace guard chained to Paul so that Paul would be a witness to them so the palace guards would get saved and they would spread the message of Christ all through the palace guard. And that's why the scripture said that that everyone came to hear about Christ. How cool is that? These palace guards became witnesses to Paul's life And as a result, they gave their life to Christ and the news about Christ spread throughout the palace guard. I really believe this, that non-believers will watch our life as we go through crisis. I think they're looking for something. I think non-believers are wanting to find something that's real in the difficult times. I think non-believers are wanting us to look very different than the world. I think non-believers want to see that we have some sort of a hope, we have some sort of strength inside because they're watching us. And we need to be different from the world. We need to have a strength from inside. We need to have a different language and we need to process through crisis different than everyone else because we have the hope of Christ inside of us. The TV news stations are doing a great enough job at spreading negativity. We need to be spreading the message of hope through Jesus Christ. And I believe that whatever you're going through, God can use it to impact people's lives around you. And so Paul said this in Philippians 1.27. He said, whatever happens. So whatever happens to you, he's like, what? it doesn't matter. Whatever it is, whatever happens to you, Paul says, conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. What he's saying is your life is a sermon. Your life is preaches. And people are looking for you to preach your best sermon in the middle of a crisis. And if you'll live for Christ through that, if you'll demonstrate God's strength inside of you and your unwavering faith, if you demonstrate the joy of the Lord through that, they're going to see that and they're going to start asking, what's different about you? Why do you have joy I believe you can make a difference for Christ. One of the things that, as a pastor, gives me some of the greatest joy in life, is watching people give their life to Christ. Watching people come to the Lord. When we have our in-person services, and I close out a message, I, I like to give a, an invitation for people to know Christ. And sometimes we'll say, "Hey, raise your hand if you gave your life to Christ." And And when I see that hand go up, I'm telling you, something inside of me leaps with joy. You can literally see in someone's eye the transformation, like a spark comes alive inside of them when they say yes to Jesus. Sometimes you're close enough to someone and you can see the the tears of joy coming down their face as they have received salvation, the forgiveness of their sins. And when you see that, man, it's more than words can say of how you feel, the expression inside of you, the joy that you see in someone else. And if you've ever had an opportunity to, to one-on-one lead someone to Christ and you pray with them, and as soon as you finish praying and they look at you in the eye and there's appreciation from them and, and you see that transformation right in their eye, I'm telling you, there isn't anything better in the moment to bring you joy. And that's where Paul was. Paul was like, God's using my life and it gives me great joy. I know that today I've not shared anything with you that's going to solve the problems in your life. I'm not solving any problems today. I can't make your pains go away today. But I can tell you this, that God wants to use you through your pains for his purpose. And he wants to impact the people around you for the the good news of Christ. And some of those people, as you live for Christ, they're going to come to know him. And you're going to experience what Paul experienced, that joy. You would be able to write Philippians and say, well, this is what happened to me. But as a result, my friend gave their life to Christ. I want to close with a a quick little story about our church and some of our history. Uh, Years ago, probably like seven, eight years ago, we used to always close our service with a a declaration. And we said the same one every week. And and I honestly, I really loved it, kind of considering low key, bringing it back for a season. But we used to say this because it was about mission. It was about uh, understanding that as we go out in the world, God wants us to be light into the world. And so we said it every time, just as a reminder of what we were called to do. Uh, We affectionately called this, this closing declaration the go get them. Uh, some of you have been with me long enough. You remember the go get em. You probably have it memorized. And, and so here's all I want to do today. So I want to close today's message with the go get em because it just reminds us of the message. So it's on your screen. We're going to say it together. Uh, Eli, I know you know it, so you're going to have to say it with me. And uh, so let's say it together. Go get them. Ready? I am part of a growing community of Christians who worship God and lead others to become devoted followers of Jesus Christ. I will go with courage and return with honor. I am a light to this world and all who meet me this week will be blessed because I am a child of God. Man, I used to love it when we said that because it gave us mission, it gave us purpose. And I want you to know you have a mission, you have a purpose right in the middle of your problems today. If you'll live for Christ, people will see it and people will come to know Jesus through your life. You can be a great sermon. I want to close now for real, my second closing, but this is an invitation. If you've never met Jesus, I want to take this moment to tell you about the gospel of Jesus Christ. What we know is that God loves you so much. He loves you so much that he sent his son to come to earth and die for your sins so that you can be 100 percent forgiven of everything you've ever done in your life, and you can begin a brand new relationship free from all guilt and all shame, and you can have eternal life through Jesus and have a relationship with your heavenly Father. It's the greatest decision to ever make. If you're ready to make that decision, you just need to do this. You just need to admit, I'm say I need a savior. Just say, I need a savior. I need a savior. I can't do my life on my own. I need a savior. Then you just need to believe in Jesus that He died for your sins. And he rose from the grave. Just, I believe in Jesus. Just right now, just say, I believe in Jesus. Then commit yourself. Just commit, say, I'm committed to living for Jesus. And then I just want to encourage you every day, depend on the Holy Spirit, to lead your life. I promise you, your life will be better. Your life will be full inside. Let me pray for you. Let's all pray this prayer together. If you prayed, if you want to give your life to Christ, if you just made those statements, say this with me as a prayer. Dear God, I confess that I've sinned and I need your forgiveness. I believe in my heart that Jesus died for my sins and rose from the grave to give me a new life. I receive my salvation today. My life will never be the same again. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. If you prayed that today on your screen there's a phone number 1910-40-1123. just put in the place where you would write something just write the word saved let us know you gave your life to Christ today it'd be awesome awesome church i love you i love our church I hope you've had a really blessed day in our service today. I know it was good for me. I know it was good for you. I want to say thank you to our tech teams that do so much, the camera crew. I want to thank our worship teams that come out and serve so hard. So many people do so many things. I love all of you. I pray you have a great week. Remember, people are watching your life. Live it for Christ. You'll make a difference. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen.